Blog Talk Radio. You're listening to Starseed Radio Academy, empowering Starseed to better serve the planet. Welcome to Starseed Radio Academy. It's Tuesday, April 14th, 2015, and I'm your host, Arielle Taylor, with my co-hosts, Lavendar and Anastasia. Our guest this evening is Veronica Antwistle, a Starseed Agent of Change. She is gifted with the conscious presence of guides and angels with clairvoyance, clairaudience, clairsentience, and healing energy. Her rapid style of intuitive counseling has guided thousands worldwide to their authentic self. Her work in concert with a vast number of guides and angels takes conscious awareness to new levels, transforming constrictive energy and densities left from old reactions and beliefs to healing and infinite possibility in thousands of clients around the world. Her journey has taken her through fields of consciousness studied in the works of great saints, teachers, and life experience and guidance. She hosts two shows on bbsradio.com, Paradigm Shifters and Radiance by Design, and has a new book called My Near Life Experience, How I Overcame My 3D Identity. I just love that title. She also offers workshops as well as private counseling, and her website is veronicaentwistle.com, and that's Veronica, V-E-R-O-N-I-C-A, E-N-T-W-I-S-T-L-E.com. At the top of the show, it's the Starseed News with Anastasia, bringing topics of interest to Starseeds that you won't hear in the mainstream. And we'd like to thank Vanya for hosting the switchboard this evening. We also have an online Starseed community at starseedhotline.ning.com. And special thanks go to Tammy, as always, for her dedication to the forum. You can download our show podcasts on iTunes or right from our Blog Talk Radio episode page. Just look for the cloud with an arrow on it. The toll-free number for StarseedHotline.com is 888-881-0881. The Stage 1 Starseed confirmations are based on Lavendar's discovery of star markings in your natal astrological chart, and the Stage 2 session is a one-on-one phone session available with Lavendar, Anastasia, or myself. Remote healing sessions for people and pets are also available with Tammy. And if you have a birthday coming up, don't miss out on your 10 hours of power. Find out when it happens by requesting your solar return timing. So first this evening, I'm going to introduce Anastasia and the Starseed News. Well, good evening, everybody. Hello, Ariel, Starseed listeners. How y'all doing tonight? We're doing great. (laughs) It's going to be a great show. I love that title as well. I went to her website, and I was made me smile. It's just a great thing. So we need to talk about the sun tonight. We have an increasing chance of solar flares. They say more sunspots are emerging over the sun's eastern limb today. Two new active regions uh, are following the behemoth sunspot group, AR2321, as it turns around toward us here on Earth. Now, it has an unstable beta-gamma-delta magnetic field that harbors energy for strong flares. 
the new sunspots boost the odds of an eruption even more, they say. They predicted a 55% chance of M-class flares today and a 20% chance of X flares. Well, this is right up our alley, Starseed, because this is about Venus and the Seven Sisters. Well, Venus is so bright right now, and it usually is. It's a very bright star. In fact, it's often mistaken for a landing airplane. Well, the Pleiades, on the other hand, are faint and delicate, and often they're overlooked. Well, right now, the planet Venus and the star cluster Pleiades will remain together for just a few more nights. Now, when the sun goes down, just step outside and look toward the west, because surrounded by twilight blue, Venus will be visible immediately. But as you look to the left, uh, as the sky turns black, the Pleiades will begin to emerge. So as as the sky darkens, look a little bit to the left of Venus, should be able to see the Pleiades. And I hope I've got my directions right. I suppose that happens to depend on where you live. (laughs) Anyway, just look around Venus and you should be able to see the beautiful Pleiades. They're just so lovely. It is. There's another, I usually use Orion's belt. And if you you can see Orion, you just kind of go upward from the belt and follow a straight line and you'll see the little cluster too. And apparently Venus is going to be in that mix somewhere. Oh, that's good, Arielle. Thank you. That's good. Yeah, you know, she, you can tell that you're much more of a star watcher because you have a map in your mind. That's that's a good thing to follow. I love Orion's belt, too. So we all ought to try to check that out while they're visible together. There was a photo of it on the Internet. It would be nice to take night cameras of that. I don't have that kind of camera. But anyway, it was very beautiful, just gorgeous. Well, Alabama has recorded another fireball. I haven't talked about fireballs in a while, just too many other things to talk about. But they did see a fireball over Atlanta. Uh, it was recorded by uh, over Alabama, excuse me. It was recorded by NASA camera, cameras. It was uh, recorded 45 miles above Carrollton before it burned out, they say, at about 18 miles, about halfway down. It had been traveling at 42,000 miles an hour before it finally went out. Wow. Yeah, 42,000 miles an hour. Well, Los Angeles had an earthquake. Uh, A magnitude 3.5 earthquake was reported Sunday night in South Los Angeles. The trembler occurred in the evening around 9 o'clock Pacific time, and it occurred at a depth of 6 miles. What's interesting is it was preceded by a 2.5 magnitude 4 shock, and then there was an aftershock of about maybe 1.3. So there there was a cluster of three earthquakes around that one at uh, at 3.5. And that's been happening, too. We've re- reported on some earthquakes in recent weeks in California. Of course, that's earthquake uh, state, lots of earthquakes there. Well, um, something is going on in Japan. Uh, 156 melon-headed whales, also known as electrodolphins, to those of you who might know about dolphins, they're also... Melon-headed whales. Guess that's what they really are. Well, they washed ashore on Japan's Pacific coast since last Friday. Now, this mass beaching has prompted a lot of fear about a repeat of the devastating 9.0 earthquake in Japan. Uh, you all remember on March 11th in 2011 that led to the Fukushima nuclear disaster. Well, a week prior to that massive earthquake, 50 melon-headed whales had beached themselves on the coast of eastern Japan. So now they're really worried because there's 156 of them. And a Coast Guard official has said, uh, quote, 
we see one or two whales washing ashore every year, but this may be the first time we have found over a hundred of them on a beach. Oh so that's God. a lot. And, yeah. Uh, yeah, we don't know what's going on, but that's what they're saying. Well, this is a really humorous story. Uh, in uh, in the Netherlands, a chimpanzee at Burger Zoo has, was uh, being filmed uh, with a uh, a drone. Well, now the drone had a camera on it, and they were filming a program for Dutch television. Well, the the monkey or the chimpanzee took a stick, <laughs> and it just knocked that drone right out of the sky. They say that on the camera, it can, the animal can be seen uh, waiting on a branch for the drone to come close enough. Then he grabs a stick and just blasts it like baseball. Oh, my gosh. Knocks it right to the ground. I think that's really humorous. <laughs> Serves him right if you ask me, you know. Uh, primates are a lot like people, and maybe they don't like to be spied on either. I don't know. Okay. Oh. Well, there's been a lot of wildfires across the country and in other parts of the world. This is kind of wild. Well, it's not even really that hot. We're just in the fairly beginning of springtime. There's a wildfire in Minnesota which, that's been uh, destroying buildings, um, and mo- multiple fire departments are working uh, f- uh, fervently to uh, contain that blaze. And there's another 100 acres that are on fire in North Carolina, uh, that's about, a, did I say 100 acres? Yes. And then in Colorado, we've got some wildfires fires that are continuing to, to blaze. Um, as of Sunday, two days ago, it was only 10% contained. I don't know what's going on as, as of uh, Tuesday. I haven't uh, heard any more about that. But that's North Carolina, Minnesota, and Colorado. And then in Siberia, of all things, they're having a massive wildfire. Uh, they say that 118 homes have been uh, destroyed uh, in a wildfire in Siberia. And that is very wooded land. It's beautiful country. Lots and lots of trees. But uh, they're having wildfire trouble very early in the season to have that. Well, bird flu is beginning to spread, and it's spread to more than six states. And they say that officials are baffled by this. Although I would think that if they'd stop and think about it, maybe they could figure that out. Um, the way we keep our poultry uh, in very tight con- uh, enclosures and uh, give them so many antibiotics and not a clean environment, maybe that might have something to do with it. But anyway, the USDS, uh, USDA, excuse me, the United States Department of Agriculture, has confirmed that 23 U.S. poultry farms have been infected with the deadly H5N2 avian bird flu virus in a total of at least seven states. Actually, the headline says six, but the copy says seven. Anyway, it includes California, Minnesota, North Dakota, South Dakota, Missouri, Kansas, and Arkansas. And they say that the number of dead birds now total 1.2 million. Now, officials are racing the clock to try to contain this outbreak. They say that the fowl should pose little health or maybe no health threat to the general public, but the loss has added to growing fears that the poultry stock will weigh in at an all-time low. Um, well, uh, you know, I've always kind of, people have kind of always teased me about being a little bit crazy. Well, now I know that I qualify. And so, <laughs> do most, <laughs> so do most of you because the psychiatrists in our midst have been busy finding something else wrong with us. And as starseed, we're really going to qualify. So it doesn't have to do with being starseed either. It has to be doing, it has to do with liking, liking to eat healthy food. 
I mean, do you guys consider healthy, clean eating to be a priority in your life? I know you do, but according to the psychiatric officials who want to add healthy eating to the extensive list of mental disorders, if you like, if you if you don't want to eat things like Monsanto. Uh, chemically laced food, you don't want to eat artificial additives, you don't want any high fructose corn syrup, you have got to be crazy. This article comes out of the Daily Mail and they are reporting that uh, they are creating a new disorder called orthorexia nervosa. Orthorexia nervosa. And I'm (laughs) quoting from... (laughs) I'm I'm quoting from the mail. Quote... Some clinicians argue that orthorexia nervosa should be recognized as a separate eating disorder and have a proposed clinical DSM diagnostic criteria, DSM, uh, the Diagnostic uh, Statistical Manual for Psychology. They note distinct pathological behaviors with orexia nervosa, including a motivation for feelings of perfection and purity instead of weight loss, as they see with anorexia and bulimia. Raw food and paleo dieters are at risk of a dangerous obsession with their nutrition. That's the uh, that's what the psychologists are saying about us. Well, it, <laughs> if that's being crazy, I am glad to be insane. In fact, I'll ratchet it up. I'll just be plain insane. Oh, my God. That's, I mean, that's funnier than the monkey hitting the drone I mean, with the baseball bat. <laughs> Isn't there such incredible irony in the world that we live in that people that are supposed to help mentally ill people are the craziest people of all? I mean, collectively, I don't mean to. There's a lot of good people out there that are therapists and they're doing wonderful work. But as the system, talking about the system, every every group of people has its special special folks. And, and whoever came up with this, I mean, that is just truly, truly clinically nuts. So anyway... That's what they're saying. Well, in Washington, D.C., police have threatened dog owners with a $750,000 fine for posting missing dog flyers. A Washington, D.C. couple have been forced to take down posters asking help to find their missing rescue dog after police threatened them with a $750,000 fine. The man and his wife spent Friday ripping down flyers they posted about their missing dog, Ollie, after receiving a call from a police officer telling them to take the, sound, the signs down or pay the fine. Quote, he told me that regardless if we put up the flyers or if other people put them up, we had made the original flyer that had my phone number and that we could get fined up to $750,000. In other words, apparently... I guess they're accountable for anybody else that phones the number. It's a collective or cumulative fine of some kind. Anyway, this person admitted that he and volunteers had posted thousands of flyers after receiving encouragement from the police when filing a report about the missing dog. So apparently these people got mixed messages after they felt that it was all right. They were told it wasn't and told that they could get fined all that great amount of money if they didn't take them down. I don't know. Doesn't oh make you sense. Gosh, I mean, <laughs> makes you crazy, doesn't? It? <laughs> What's this world coming to? <laughs> That's exactly right. That's the whole point. It's just That's the it's whole just, point. It's well, here's another. Here's another wild and weird story. Story, out of Germany, a 65-year-old woman is set to become the oldest woman ever to give birth to quadruplets. 
Yes, a 65-year-old school teacher is set to give birth to quadruplets. She already has 13 children by five different fathers, and her latest pregnancy is the result of artificial insemination using both donated sperm and, of course, eggs. At 65, she would need those eggs from a donor. Um, According to the Daily Mail, this woman, who's in the 21st week of her pregnancy, said she was shocked when an ultrasound showed that she was carrying quadruplets. (laughs) I would think she'd just be shocked to be pregnant anyway. (laughs) But she previously made headlines in Germany when she had her daughter, her daughter, her daughter, Leela, excuse me, at the age of 55 years old. Now, she told German media that she doesn't worry about what her future will look like in five years when she's 70 and her quadruplets are five with a teenage daughter to top it off because she assumes she will stay healthy. She defended her decision to get pregnant later in life, saying, I think one needs to decide for oneself and not listen too much to the opinions of others. At present, the oldest woman to give birth to quads is a woman who was 55 years old at the time she did it, but the oldest woman ever to give birth, on record anywhere, was an Indian woman who was believed to be 70 years old. Well, (laughs) that gives you something to think about. I actually can't imagine signing up for that. Um, The older we get, the harder it is to keep up with babies. I, I, you know, I I, I don't know. It's hard enough. We have, uh, how many kittens do we have? Seven kittens in our family, and that's a lot to watch over. Yeah, we had two litters born, and uh, two are crawling all over the place. They're absolutely adorable. It's so joyful. And then another litter came. Well, they were strays that arrived, and and they were pregnant when they arrived. So now everybody's going to get taken care of and fixed and all of that. But in the meantime, I am so enjoying these kittens. But they wear me out, so I can't imagine having four human babies to look after. No, right. (laughs) And, And puppies are great, too, kittens and puppies. Well, that's it for tonight's news. I'm looking forward to the show. It's going to be a great program. It sure uh, is. Got a lot of good stuff to talk about tonight. And we do. <clears throat> so, well, Anastasia, thank you so much for bringing us the Starseed News. You bet. And um, we will, <clears throat> excuse me, as soon as I get my throat clear, we're going to bring Veronica online in just a second here. And hello, Veronica. Welcome to Starseed Radio Academy. Thank you. I'm so happy to be here. It's going to be fun. I really enjoyed the news, and I remember reading that women in their 50s shouldn't have babies because they'll forget where they put them. (laughs) In our 60s, it might be a little more awkward yet. (laughs) That's hysterical. I love that. And you have a great sense of humor, by the way. It's delightful. (laughs) Forget where they put them. (laughs) I love that. I forget where they put them. That's wonderful. I love the thing about we're uh, crazy because we're trying to watch our diet. Wow. Talk about crazy induction, right? Yeah. Well, I was thinking about serving him up a whole heap and helping of genetically modified Roundup on his potatoes or something. (laughs) It's like, go ahead, eat it and see how crazy you get. You know they wouldn't do that. (laughs) Yeah. I I just, on that topic, I just saw a a video that uh, was forwarded to me about an, an official from Monsanto and an interviewer, and the guy kept saying, this stuff is harmless, you can drink it. So the, the interviewer poured him a glass and said, go ahead then, drink it, and the guy ran out of the room. I, I thought he said, I'm not crazy. 
Yeah. I am so yeah. glad you brought that up. Yeah. Isn't that interesting? Gosh. Well, Lavendar, I know you're kind of waiting for us to be quiet, so <laughs> you can talk to Veronica. And um, so go ahead with it, Lavendar. Okay. 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 Hello, Veronica. I am so happy. Hello, Lavendar. Are, are joining us tonight, and I want to thank you so much for the interview that we pre-recorded. And I understand that that you have a show that's going to be on tonight. I guess it's going to be what eight o'clock um, Pacific time. Uh, yeah, on eight o'clock on PBS Radio. Yeah. So so our our voices will be on at two different times tonight. So we're we're going to blast the airwaves with starseed information. That's good. I just love it, don't you? I do. So, <laughs> tell us a little bit about yourself and and how you grew up and and did you have a lot of um, empowerment growing up with family? Did they understand who you were? Were you the odd man out? You know, I saw this one line that that you had um, sent me that says, "Poor Veronica doesn't know whether to be a go-go dancer or a nun." Said an old friend. <laughs> I just thought that was a, a great. I could identify with that totally. <laughs> yeah, you have that same kind of. I have a kind of a sparkling personality at times, and probably a little bit difficult at times because I had to follow. When I was little, I used to love to go out of the townhouse where there were a lot of us, a little Catholic family, and go sit in a ditch because there I could sit and think about where I'd been before and how beautiful it was there. I would just sit in there all huddled into the ditch with a toucan. And I always knew, this is something you probably had too, but I always knew I had never been born and I would never die, which is... uh Later, when I tried to talk about it, everybody said, you're crazy, you know. <laughs> and uh, the nuns certainly didn't like it either because I was in Catholic school. And when people said I was crazy, I used to think it was true. And I spent talking about this psychotherapy thing and nutrition. I spent a lot of years fighting within myself because I had weird perceptions. I'm sure you had that too or a lot of you listening to this would have had it. And my perceptions, uh, my mother would say, it's because I was crazy. But finally, when my life kept falling apart, when I was trying to construct it in a way that I thought was socially acceptable, you know what that's like, um, fine, and it kept falling apart, I finally started doing yoga for three hours a day, put my house on the market, didn't let them foreclose if that's what they were going to do. And I just figured I was going to figure out what it was to be crazy. And that led me from yoga into nutrition out of a health food store and becoming a real, uh, every little tick in my body, I would take some supplement or another to see what the effect was. So I learned through this uh, nutritional, uh, what did he call it, orexia, junk food orexia, I learned through that, right? (laughs) And... And uh, that was that was probably the biggest turning point in my life was to do that. Um, yeah, and can I? I just want to say one more thing. Am I talking too long, Lavender? You have to interrupt me. No, just just stay on a roll. I love it when you're on a roll. <laughs> okay, honey, thank you. So, um, what I um, what happened? I just finished my book, which you heard the title of, my near life experience, because. I believe a lot of us are right beside what we're meant to be doing. Only we sometimes, it takes something to break us out of our trance and move into that place that's right there. 
like the comprehension of how to run myself instead of fighting with being crazy or knowing I always live and all of that and I would never die. All of that was a whole, was pulling on me, but I had to study to get there. So I was rereading in my book because of the Integratron Lavendar. This is sort of how you and I interfaced because uh, my editor, Anne, is a friend of yours and told me all about your relationship to the Integratron in a way. And I was going there. uh, I've been there four times now. So a few months I was there, a few months ago, and I was having this very profound experience where I was speaking to uh, ETs, and um, all my life I've been fascinated by why do we have noses, but I couldn't see their faces, but I knew they didn't have noses. But here's the intriguing part, is I saw at the top of their heads, it was more like an electrical hat, if you want, more toward like the frontal lobe, more toward the front of the skull. Each one of them that was talking to me had this really weird thing, and I thought, well, is that a transmitter and a receiver? Is it a hairdo? What's the deal? And <laughs> so then later I was rereading my book because you know what it's like to bring them to uh, uh, tie to your clothes. And in my book, there's a spot where I was reading. A pers- this is when I was crazy. I told you I'd really, I actually really cracked way back when because I was fighting to be real and I, you know, whatever. So I read this that I had written. A perceptual stew of electrical colors seemed chaotically matted in the top of my head, each with its own sounds and feelings. It often seemed like my circuits had blown and the wires exploded, spewing tangled strings of many colors around the top of my head. And I read that, and I went, oh my goodness, I wonder... I wonder if there's a link between what they had on their head and what I experienced visually inside of myself when I was struggling with my sanity, if you will. What do you think of that, Lavender? Yeah, I think you're onto something. Yeah, and, and you know, Isn't you that and I talked, and I and you, of course, you've been aboard ship many times. You may not remember the times you've been aboard, but what you described is is some of the after effects of what happens when you come back from being aboard ship. It is pretty, yeah. I think what's really interesting is a lot of the information that comes to me comes through <laughs> these odd things. It's not necessarily very direct. Like somebody doesn't walk in and say to me, okay, here's what this means, right? <laughs> right. <laughs> so, <laughs> so I have to learn a little bit more about the ET, our ET brothers and sisters and find out what that's all about. Uh, but I think it's very, very important, the sort of things, sort of stories that you have told as well. Well, you know, when we were talking the other day, um, you know, I said, you know, we have what I call now drop-bys. It's like we'll be talking a- along to a client, and all of a sudden this 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 energy will come in and it, it kind of t- not take us over, but it gives us the the insight of what to say next and then in about 10 minutes, that energy leaves, and you go, wow, you know, how did I know that? Well, it's because you had a drop, I call them drop-bys. And these are frequencies that that leave um, the, the, the ship and come down to the planet uh, in, a, um, in, a, in a frequency that connects to your what I call your galactic GPS locator. And <laughs> you have the ability then to pass on the information from a very high quality of information. 
So how do we tell the difference between uh, ETs and angels and channeled beings? Do you know the difference? Can you usually tell? Well, um, mostly because of the way I'm put together, I only deal with the uh, angelic and uh, extraterrestrial realms. The astrals mm-hmm. no longer have uh, rites of passage to talk to me. <laughs> so, um, Oh, yeah, your story about having that uh, unhooked from you is very profound for me. Yeah. I suppose you've told that one already on the show, haven't you? Yes, I have. <laughs> well, I want to say something about that as well, because as I opened up, and my opening up was a sort of a stringent job, <laughs> a lot of it was through uh, a crazy workout dance I do, and I do the chakras, and I also wiggle my hips so that my waist gets a little smaller, maybe if I'm lucky, and I do this kind of wild, chaotic dance, and in that is where I access uh, you know, a lot of information. And one of the things I did in it was color up the chakras in my body, you know, when I first started doing it about 35 years ago. And you taught me a wonderful uh, breathing technique of breathing in the violet and breathing out the cobalt. But when I did my dance, that's exactly what I was doing. I was, when I got to my throat chakra, it dropped into a very, very, deep blue or rich rich kind of a royal blue and my third eye would be this amazing violet and it would run in a circle round and round between my throat and my third eye and i loved your uh, meditation because that's something that i did spontaneously a little differently but i think it's really valuable Um, well the, the pleiadians gave it to me about five years ago and um uh, it just seems to be like cosmic Windex. That's what they call it, cosmic Windex. It just cleans your glasses. Purple in and blue out. Do it three times. Just visualize the purple oxygen coming down into your lungs, and as you exhale, think of cobalt blue. Three times. Three seems to be the magic number about a lot of things, but it um, activates the starseed DNA in your system because your starseed system is color-coded. It is color-coded. Hmm. Like your, uh, like the the patterns you showed me on the astrological chart, right? Right. Mm-hmm. So here's something else. So before we lose the spirit connection, I have found uh, amazingly at times, like I, I would be sitting in my chair doing a reading for someone, and in would come a spirit, and I remember saying at the beginning, okay cut this because I'm a very intelligent person and I'm not going to deal with spooks. I was very cheeky, right? <laughs> and uh, But I stopped doing that because the only ones I ever get, and I do a lot of praying around it to disconnect anything that's of a lower, uh, a fee, you can feel when it's lower vibration. Any of the ones I get usually come in to specifically undo something with the person that I'm reading. You see what I mean? And I thought that that was very functional. I said, if it's functional, I'll do it. But if it's not, and people got amazing releases from old uh, emotional uh, storage that they had from, you know, past uh, things that had happened. What do you think of that? Yeah, I think that the way you're put together after, you know, looking at your chart and talking to you, you know, you're a very evolved soul and and a master in your own right. And so... You're connected to so many different things that where you're able to access 
uh, whatever information you need at the time that you're dealing with a client. Yeah, hmm. you have, you know, when I looked at your whole auric field, it was like, wow. There's At any given time, it's like a smorgasbord of, of, of things that you have at your disposal to help people. You, you're so knowledgeable about so many different things. That, uh, yeah, thank you. I mean, you can take them from, from birthing to death to alchemy to herbs to whatever they need. And I saw that, yeah. Thank you. Can you tell us a little bit about your practice and how you work? And and um, do you have people that come to an office or to where you are? Or do you do this by phone? Or tell us how you work with people. Okay, it's funny because years ago I thought, well, this is interesting. I could do it anywhere. I can even do it in a bathtub, you know. <laughs> so I don't really have an office because I've been fairly peripatetic and I have moved a lot. But I have uh, I work by phone a lot, do a lot of energy work by phone, and uh, people will show up where I am, you know, whatever, like in the living room and so on. That also happens, or sometimes I'll go in to use someone's office for a while. And what the usual procedure is that I tune in, just like we all do, you know, call in the beings of light, and um, and I do my little incantation, my prayer. And then I see in people's soul journey, like what are they on about? You do a wonderful job with the charts. I do more like looking into your soul journey, usually at the base of your spine or sometimes at the perineum, wherever it shows up at that time, and reading the map of where they're headed in this life and what are some of the blocks that that are coming up. And then we can go right through their body-mind, usually can do a lot of physical healing or a lot of emotional healing or watching people be trapped by other people's identity like a parent or a lover and so on. So it's been a pretty profound exploration of how we as energy vehicles work in the physical. I, I never am bored with it. I've probably done thousands and thousands and thousands of readings by now and I'm fascinated by the fact that we're these immense libraries and I'm working like looking at the physical and I'm not talking all about um, you know different spheres and so on although that happens too I've had a lot of people um, also in the Integratron these fellows taught me these ETs taught me that it was time for me to read what's trapped in the bones the vertebrae and so on so I've been practicing I haven't heard anyone do anything like that that's fascinating. Well, it is, isn't it? So I started yesterday. I was telling somebody, and I was doing my crazy dance workout, which I already mentioned. And in the base of this is just an example that I can use on other people. But the base of my spine, there was in the little tailbone area, there was this really dark black thing running down. And I went, okay, so that's usually not a good thing. I I'm smart enough to not figure out what it is. You know, it just as my father would jokingly call it, is this Tiesel Tiboris, which is what he called anything you couldn't really figure out. And uh, (laughs) I knew it was detrimental to my well-being. So as I did my dance, me and Van Morrison, I um, was chanting and then watching this golden light, and I was washing through until my tailbone got very, very bright and was radiant and that blackness was gone. 
and I noticed that today it's kind of back, but it's really light, so I worked it again. And that's sort of the example of how the work that I do with people goes into the energy patterns that they've stuffed into their library called the body and um, running light through them enough. I don't know if it's running light through them. It's sort of lightening them up in such a way. And people do um, find a terrific change in themselves, you know? Oh, absolutely. Well, you're such a master at at um, uh, giving and receiving whatever the person needs. You know, I saw that right away when, when we talked and... and and had our time together. Um, Veronica, would you give us uh, some examples of some high strangeness, things that have happened to you in your life that that you probably haven't been able to share with many people, but our audience is so awake and, and they're so loving to, um, to our guests about the information. So if you have anything that you would like to share with us about any high strangeness, we would love to hear it. And some of mine are fun. When I was little, I could never sleep very well, so I used to stare out the window at night. And I was in Vancouver, B.C., which means that it wasn't always clear and starry, you know what I mean? It was cloudy. (laughs) But I would look at it. If I could see the stars, I knew that I had people out there, and I really missed them, and I knew they really missed me. That doesn't sound like much, but it was very profound for me and gave me a real feeling of, you know, connection or peace. And I would never read about aliens or go to movies and stuff because I knew that I was connected somehow and I didn't want to be afraid. And also, um, and I knew that I was really loved out there. Isn't that a nice thing to know? And that wasn't about God. That was about uh, different universes or different places. But here's something funny, Lavender. This is, uh, when I studied radio, I wanted to be on the radio. Well, now I am, but it's not what I thought I'd be way back so I studied radio. I always say I studied radio and I became a channel, so I became a radio. <laughs> anyway, I was doing my, uh, later in life, I was doing my degree through Goddard College in Vermont where you go for 10 days and it's a mentoring system, you know. And I was doing all kinds of internships and so on and I'd go down to this basement, this kind of hole in there where I had all these amazing uh, uh, experiences and one day I was doing my workout and seeing huge vaulted divisions in and amongst the laundry and the rafters. You know, I didn't see those. I just see the vaulted visions. And I'm working out like mad. And all of a sudden there's this being in front of me. And he, he was really, he was kind of cute. But I was new at channeling and I was worried about bringing in dark things. And he had a very odd kind of skin on his face. Uh, the shape around the eyes was more like a goat. And um, the skin was kind of leathery and uh, black, not like African-American black, but literally like blue-black, like, um, like a dog's nose kind of thing, you know. And, uh, and he was carrying, <laughs> he was really cute, he had the wild hair, and he was carrying this amazing little um, apparatus, it wasn't an apparatus, it was like a mini taping and this is in 1988 so uh, it was before our technology really hit high C there and he had this amazing portable taping editing system that was about two feet wide and about two and a half feet high and maybe a foot deep and he was carrying it as if it was really light and he kept showing up and I kept staring at him and I was afraid so I said 
go to the light. Go on, shoot, go to the light. <laughs> Finally, he said, what's the matter with you? I said, well, you look pretty scary to me. You look pretty strange. He said, you don't look so hot to me either. <laughs> and he disappeared, and I wish I... Every now and then I go, oh, I wish he'd come back because I could ask him so many questions. I would not be afraid anymore. I think what he said was, I just want to know about radio and how you're doing it all. So that was uh, quite a, I thought, quite a powerful experience. How, how long ago was that? How many years ago? Um, 19, 1988. So that would be uh, 10, 15, 16 years ago, something like that. And he was just lovely. Have you ever heard of any beings that look like that? Because he, he was lovely. I was just naive and scared, and you know. Um, it kind of sounds like a, a combination of a Nocturian um, uh, scout. That's kind of kind of reminds me of what you said that the, the goat features with the with the skin. Um, about how tall was he? Um, he was probably about five four, five five, something more yeah. about my height. He wasn't little, teeny. Yeah. Okay. That does that seem about right? It's about right. Yeah. Goodness, I wonder he what the device he, was that he had. I don't know, but I was really envious of it because I was learning to. Uh, edit you know how in the old days we used to edit and you were in radio so we used to edit the tape yeah. the audio tape a little splicing thing and it was a really laborious task but it was kind of interesting but he had a high speed editing mechanism on this funny little portable thing he was carrying and uh it was just fascinating he had all this stuff and he just wanted to swap interesting things but i was not in the place of being as receptive as i wish i i would be today you know all right well, that was yeah. it, it probably wasn't time so you were, so you had a, a what your radio show it did you have one um strictly about angels and your work or or did you cover other subject matters um, let me see. I started off, I did one in Tucson, Arizona in 98 every Sunday morning where I taught meditation and then I did energy. So people listening, I would do energy, energy release of something like, uh, say your mother. I'd say, okay, we're going to clear the mother because we all need to, even if we have the most adorable mother in the universe, right? Uh, I think we need to because we need to clear the pattern. So we would do things like clearing something, and I would teach them energy and meditation and so on. Uh, and that was good. And somebody called, and I had callers. Somebody called in who was actually dying. I wish I could find that tape. It was a very, very touching uh, story because he was conscious about it wasn't the end, but he was dying, and that was really... Wonderful. So so I just did one year there. And then I was in Monterey, uh, KNRY. You know, um, I don't know if you know Marcia Morgan. She did uh, In the Company of Angels. And every other week I did a two-hour show for her, which was callers, teaching meditation, doing energy, answering people's questions, shifting their energy. And then it was really quite an interesting thing. I did that for five years. And I love working with people over the air. I really love to work with the energy of callers because um, if, if uh, and I know you know this, but if you're working with someone who has a certain kind of abuse or a certain kind of anger or a certain resistance and doubt, 
anybody who's got any matching stuff can really feel the shift. And one of my deepest desires was to, um, I used to teach school as well, so I used to wish we could interact with media because instead of it being a suppressing thing, it could be one of the most amazing consciousness-tilting tools. So that I, that's why I wanted to do energy. And um, That's great. And, and on your Paradigm Shift show on Tuesdays, you've had over, what, 300 people uh, interviews? Um, yeah. Yes. In fact, I w- I'd like to look back on your uh, podcast and, and see if we if there's some people that we'd like to have as guests. And anytime you find someone that that has starseed information or people that w- you think that would fit our format, you know, please send them over to us. We we're always uh, are your parameters usually about um, ET p- people and uh, extraterrestrial. I mean, yes. is that yes? Star uh, starseeds, walk-ins, light workers, ETs. Angelics, yes, all of that. I probably have worked mostly. Um, uh, yeah, I have a number of people that are really uh, quite interesting, but I probably worked mostly with people who do. Oh, like you know, John Gray. He's not exactly into uh, into angels and so on, right? Um, there are some that do ET, some who are channels, and they work with a combination of ETs and so on. So I have a whole list of people in there that you might find interesting, or inventors, healers of all kinds. The thing that fascinates me is if you can shift, change, you know the old line is from the Arcturian books, change the energy, change the reality? Yeah, right. That, that's kind of my greatest focus. So sometimes that brings in the ET characters. And I suspect they're with us all the time anyway, aren't they? Right. <laughs> yes. With these GPS locators the way they are right now, uh, you know, for for me personally, everything, you know, um, I see in here, they see in here. That's not true for everyone, but those on, on the kind of assignments that we're on, um, that seems to be the case. So it's like the sending and receiving of information goes both ways goes both ways. So, um, and I asked you, does that mean that we're puppets of them? Well, um, there's been times when I feel like there's, you know, somebody pulling my strings, but then I have to remember that when I was aboard ship, I'd say things like, okay, if I get down there and I start messing up, you know, jerk my strings, get me out of there. (laughs) If, if, If I've, you know, trailed off in in the wrong direction if i've taken a 180 and and you you have perfect permission just to you know pull on that string and jerk me out and i would say that i would say i would use the term pull my string okay oh, <laughs> so, that's great yeah, I'm and they're very benevolent yeah for that to happen there is a woman that i interviewed named judy carroll have you heard of her she um she's written two books one is um Messages from the Zetas, and she's also written one called uh, Human by Day and Zeta by Night. Yes, I've had her. Pardon me? I've had her on the show. Oh, have you? Oh, I love her stuff. I really enjoy her relationship to the ETs. Have you you read the the book Human by Day, Zeta by Night? Oh, yes, I did. I loved it, yes. I when I read it, I said, oh, I'm so glad that somebody is giving 
you know, details about what happens aboard ship the way she does, because that's exactly the way it functions. So I was. And really can happy you remember being that way? Your, can you remember that way uh, being that way yourself, Lavender? Absolutely, absolutely. So, um, see, the more people that are writing stories about their experiences and their times aboard ship, or that we receive the information on how to function with them when they actually come here. And when I say come here, I'm talking about the big event. I'm talking about all the big ships start coming down and making themselves known on the planet. We're being conditioned for that so that we will not be afraid, so that we can calm our friends and neighbors and families and people that we, you know, um, because we'll be ambassadors. We'll, our starseed um Energies will rise up, and we'll, our strengths and our powers will just absolutely start, you know, unfolding in front of, you know, ourselves and our friends and our community, and, and it'll be neat. And we will have the support, right, the support of the community. Right. Because I've been pretty cautious. All over the planet, not thousands. Well, I have a... Fu- I have a funny story I just remembered, too. One time, one time, <clears throat> excuse me. I was driving on a very crowded road, having taken my daughter to school, and the road was just chock-a-block people, you know, slowly moving. And coming the other way, this is in Tucson, Arizona in 1997 or so, coming the other way was an old Hillman. Do you remember the Hillman car? They're from, they were from England. They were a small car, and very often they were beige. Yeah. And so I'm in Tucson, Arizona, it's 1997, and this little hillman comes tootling by me in the other direction. And I remember thinking, now that's really strange. And the little lady driving it had gloves on and a hat, the old-fashioned going-to-church hat, and a little suit, and she was smiling with a very prim little small smile. And I'm driving going, wow, because I'm from Canada, and I'm thinking, oh, this looks like a British influence here, you know. And she went by, and all of a sudden, the whole thing melted, and there was this E.T. face with this huge grin in behind this. And that's the first time I realized they kind of screen themselves. So they have, like, their costumes sometimes, so they can mingle pretty much anywhere, can't they? Oh, yeah. I have have seen that several times. One of the funniest things that I witnessed when I was living in Las Vegas is they would beam down from the ship and they would uh, apport the clothes out of department stores and sunglasses, but they would, they'd have the tags still on their clothes and, and the tags <laughs> on their sunglasses. <laughs> that's how you could tell that they were, ETs were walking in and out of Caesar's Palace, yeah. Oh, that's hilarious. So did they ever get caught for stealing? Uh, no, I don't think so, but I, the way they worked, they just apported out. You know, they would come and get what they needed, and then they would just disappear. <laughs> oh, that is so funny. So they can um, change the energy, change the reality. So they, to me, I started realizing that they can be visible and be invisible quite easily, right? Right. So when you talk about the big ships coming, I'm sort of wondering, aren't they, a lot of them are around us right now, aren't they? A lot of them, they stay in in proximity of the earth and they have shields up of course where no one can can see or or monitor them you know they have technologies way beyond what what we have here in fact you know our government has technologies 150 years ahead of what they're telling us 
<laughs> you know, and you said that in the interview that we did that, because um, I said I thought that we could solve the water problems and we could solve the atmospheric problems, and you said you don't think the government will allow it, and I, wondering, well, what they already have is it? they are they already have all the solutions to everything. But but you see what this this is such an obvious question for me. I sound like Pollyanna, but why don't they want to fix it? Why are they conscripting a kind of a, a dimi- you know diminishing of reality on this planet? What's in it for them? Are is it all from the other side? Are they are they're going to be rewarded like the uh, Muslims claim if they die and they have all these vestal virgins or whatever? Are they going to be rewarded? No, I think it comes from from strictly power and control. They want to control the masses. You know that that they've had these ET technologies uh, for a very long time, but they they can't tell the people that ETs are here and where did they get the technologies. It's about keeping the secret of where the information came from. Well, I've had some huge flashing visions of being in Egypt. And if, uh, there's a lot of, t- you know, when they talk about the sons of God marry, uh, married the sons of man, that's all ET stuff, isn't it? It is. Yes, it is. Yeah. And they I get these flashing visions. you um, like to talk to people that call in. So I'm just wondering if, if you would like to uh, take a few minutes to uh, address some of our callers. So if we have callers out there that would like to uh, call in. And, and talk to Veronica at this time. I'll, I'll pass the, the um, phone over to you, Ariel, to the switchboard. And Veronica, but I, I just want to—I just want to say that I'm not the most knowledgeable on the ET world because I refused to follow a lot of it because I didn't want fear and all that. I wanted it to be kind of pure for me. <laughs> that's fine. So what I'm saying though is, if people have questions about themselves or things that you can help them with on a you know, like physical health or uh, an emotional problem with maybe their parents or kids or whatever, uh, that you'd be willing to maybe talk to them? Sure, I'd love to. Okay, so Arielle, I'll pass it over to you. And and Veronica, we'll talk later. Thank you, honey, for being on our show. And I'm really looking forward to tonight's show on Paradigm Shifters. Thank you so much, Lavender. Thank you. Okay, so um, we do have a lot of callers already on the switchboard, so if you've already called in, you'll need to press 1 on your keypad if you have a question for Veronica. And if you're listening on the computer, then you'll need to call in, and the number to dial is 917-889-8292. And then when you get onto the uh, switchboard, press 1 when you're prompted, and that way we'll know that you have a question and want to come on the air. So um, it it may take a a minute or two for that uh, process to take place. So, um, Veronica, let's just kind of chat a little bit more about your book. Because I just read the title, My my Near Life Experience. And and is this something that's going to – I got the gist of that you're, you're just finishing up the final tweaks before you publish it? That's right. That's exactly it. And I'm going to self-publish because I want to get to using it, and it might take me a while to get to the publisher, although I'm going to go on that route too, you know. I'm excited about it because it's really it's my story, but it's a lot of people's stories. You know what I mean? It's right beside you all the time. 
It is, and I think there's a lot of uh, parallels because of the um, people that are living in illusion that has been created and, and built by other people, as you mentioned, you know, parents, peers, um, friends, family, that um, they kind of want to make you wear a certain set of clothing and and breaking through that and realizing that the 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 true uh, the reality of of the truth is quite different and and I, from the title I'm kind of getting the feeling that that's what you did um, that you were living a, a near life experience and you had to break through that that third dimensional identity to really get into the um, the pure essence of of who you are and what's really going on here. Yes, and, and it was a challenge. A lot of us call it a nervous breakthrough. <laughs> nervous breakthrough. Yeah. Well, you know, <laughs> sometimes... You really... Go ahead. Oh, I was saying, yeah, I mean, when you think of, of something that's been contained and, and restricted and it starts to shake and vibrate, there has to be some kind of little, you know, explosion or something where you're breaking out of that shell. So that that exact moment might not be um, comfortable or pleasant or easy, but you have to remember that, um, you know, I mean, giving birth sometimes <laughs> involves a little bit of discomfort, but the... And remember the old line, beware your comfort zone. Now, I don't think I've ever heard that. Well, it's Beware a good one because, of... yeah, because where we're comfortable, we often aren't going to awaken, are we? You know? Well, yeah, I mean, that's that's true. Not breaking out um, uh, of, even if it's a, a very um, pleasantly appointed cell, it's still, it's still a prison, no matter how pretty mm-hmm. and, and comfortable it is. And sometimes, yeah, I mean, you really. There was what was the name of that book? There's a, a philosopher um, named Alan Watts, and I yes. read I read one of his books when I was, I mean, about twenty, and it was called The Wisdom of Insecurity. Oh, that's one of my favorite ideas. That whole title keeps hitting my mind through the years. Yeah, that's a great book, isn't it? It is, and and it really. Um, it really describes this situation well because when sometimes what you gather to 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 make you feel secure and everything is is safe um it's it's a self-constructed purgatory so the wisdom is in being insecure and that way you're you're in motion you're going with the flow and you're in movement mhm i like the idea too that um i'm the only one in the universe that's me and even when I say that now, after all these years, I still go, gee, I always thought there was so much criticism when we were growing up. And I thought everybody knew how to be me better than I did. But really realizing that I'm the only one in the universe that's me, you really have to doff that identity, don't you? Well, you do. You do. And, I mean, this is like a common theme that we hear from starseeds all the time, how like you when they were young they were still in touch they knew they had abilities they could see things that they thought everybody could see and then someone told them that um that that was fallacy 
and and then they started struggling to be like everyone else and mm-hmm. and eventually put themselves in a straitjacket and then had to break through again to get back to where they started from, which was kind of with a, a, a clean slate. But then I remember a lavender saying the other day when we were talking when we did the pre-record, which is going to run later, about how she had set it up before she came into this plane this time to have full experience, and I had never heard it put quite like that. Um, I don't think my goal was quite that clear, but mine was to undo an awful lot of old what old beliefs and stuff. I don't know. We all have that. So I guess that's the part that is vivid between knowing things as a child and then recovering that knowing later, right? It's full of that experience, right? Right. Well, it never really goes away. You just, you know, stick it in the closet and close the door. (laughs) It, It doesn't really ever go away. You just at some point have to walk up to that closet door, open it up and dig in. Or respect it. Exactly, mm-hmm. exactly. Did you have that experience here, Ariel, right? Yes, I am. Um, actually, no, I mean, I, I, I didn't, um, in the way that I've just described it, it's so typical, um, but that, no, that really wasn't me because I was, I was blessed in, in, the, in the family that I chose to come into um, and accepted for, you know, who I was, and, and although I wasn't... Um, I wasn't seeing things that, you know, like a lot of people like like yourself maybe um, were aware of, but I mean, I had I had thoughts when I was really really young about things that I saw in the in in the world that um, that I wasn't pleased with, and I was like, well, next time I'm going to come back like blah blah blah. And then, <laughs> then my 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 third dimensional prayer is like, what do you mean next time? There is no next time. But my first reaction was, well, you know, next time is is going to be different. And I also re- remember um, um, being in a in a spaceship when I was really young. And again, I just thought that that everybody was like that. But um, did you talk about it? Were you able to talk about it? Well. I guess I was able to. I just didn't mention it because I figured it was, you know, something that was commonplace. But you know, then I just I went about my I went about my life and growing up and, and maturing. And but I always had that that insight. You know, in situations like friends would be saying, uh, talking about a situation. I was like, well, that's not going to be that way for long. Things if something is going to change or that person is is going to be leaving your life, or whatever. I just had a, a knowing, um, really, all my life. But and um, you didn't have it, you didn't have to struggle to claim it, right? No. No, it was a natural state that I was really comfortable with, and um, I guess I really didn't much care what other people thought. Um, I mean, there was a, a period of my life when I when I began to care and and. Um, and then that went away. <laughs> so I just. Oh, I a- was afraid of being crazy. I was afraid of being locked up, frankly, because oh. I had a lot of judgment around it, and that that was terrifying. So I spent a lot of time kind of concealing the vision. So it's when 
as I said earlier, life fell apart again. I just thought, well, here I come, ready or not, you know, I'm just going to figure it out. And uh, that's when I entered it without worrying about being crazy. Maybe I'm crazy. I think I said to someone, maybe I am crazy, but I'm going to know all about it. (laughs) Well, crazy is a matter of perception. And exactly you know, <laughs> depends on on who's who's the observer, and mm-hmm. uh, yeah, I mean, to me, normal, what what you know, three D normal, and that's that just scares the bejesus out of me. I'm like, oh my <laughs> gosh, you know, um, I, I wouldn't I wouldn't want to be there. Um, I, I do want to reiterate here to the um, people and callers that you need to press one on your keypad if you would um, like to connect with Veronica and uh, she may have messages or um, help that she can offer you. So um, if you're already on the switchboard, just press 1. And if you're not on the switchboard yet, if you're just listening on the computer, then you have to dial our number, 917-889-8292, and then press 1 when you're prompted so that we know you have a question. So um, I see some callers now coming in with with the question. Maybe they didn't know they had to press 1 in order for us to see that. Here they're popping up like mad. So I, uh, um, oh, goody. I'm glad I, I repeated that. Good for you, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I, as far as, I mean, like I said, I think I had a, a, I've always had a blessed life. And, I mean, there were, like everyone, you have challenges, you have obstacles, you have things times where you think, "Oh, you know this is this is the end of the world i can't you know things can't get any worse and then and then that's when something will just break free, and then you realize, mm-hmm. like, oh my gosh, if that hadn't happened, I wouldn't be in this wonderful place I am now mhm yeah, because this- i in that breakthrough in that breakthrough, I discovered so much about myself that I consider precious exciting and absolutely you use the word mature and I go I wonder if I'll ever mature because when you break open into your real self when it's been concealed there's a maturation process that has more to do with awakening and expansion on an infinite level isn't there yes yes it is well we have our first caller ready now so let me get her microphone open we're going to be talking to Judy in just a second here. Okay, Judy, you are on the air with Veronica, and you have a Hi, question. Hi, Veronica. Hi, Judy. How are you? Hi, how are you? I'm wonderful, thank you. How are you? I'm good. Um, I'm actually interested in, you were mentioning the Integratron. I know a little bit about it, but uh, you had mentioned about the healing effects and, and various experiences. What type of healing effects do you actually receive from that? Well, that's a good question. Um, I don't think anybody really knows, but from my con- my concept of it is that it vibrates you in such a way and it has a number of beings of many different descriptions in and around it. It's pretty wonderful. There are, uh, like I said, I had um, ET beings around me, but you can feel just being in the ley, land, ley lines of the area, you can feel the access or the fact that it's kind of portaled to different levels of consciousness. And in the using of the crystal bowls to make sounds while you're kind of trancing, 
I think it just shakes apart. Like I talked about moving energy because that's where the patterns are. But it shakes apart. Certain patterns resonate them apart, you know, as if you're vibrated out of a way of being. And anybody I know who went through released certain blocks, released certain aspects of their identity. I sure did. I find I get freer and freer. That's the kind of healing I've experienced since I went. From that, right. It's well I know that music and, and various sounds and chimes and, and things of that nature can be um incredibly healing. So you experience But I that. think when, and when Ventassel set it up and according to the beings from other dimensions that advised him, they call it a rejuvenation uh they call it a rejuvenation place or portal or something and if you think about it i think about the tibetan masters who clear enough old beliefs that when they die they don't get rigor mortis you see really the belief yes not all of them but some apparently and the beliefs that we have and the holding patterns we have densify our vibrational vehicle of light ourselves you know so it's uh, to me it's a way of shaking apart some of the containments of our identity, whether it's old and, and what about people that have illnesses and whatnot, like are dealing with cancer or, you know, any type yeah, of Yeah, I don't have any experience with that. I was a little worried that, uh, I don't know this for a fact, but I, I can ask my guides right now, but I was worried that if someone came in with cancer, it could shake apart things and maybe seed its motion through the body, which... Oh, that's interesting ultimately could heal itself. I don't know that that's true because I haven't spoken to anyone who's had any experiences there who's that who's been very ill. So, uh and I think, you know, illness like personality is a really unique and individual process, isn't it? So I, I don't oh, know yeah, the answer to that. Mm-hmm. So they use the the like the Tibetan singing bowls, the the big crystal bowls and and yes. the Tegatron, right? Okay. Mm-hmm. I think that would be really fascinating to experience. I used to own one and I loved the sound and the vibration came from that came from it. So I think it would be really interesting to to be in a room where you have all these different vibrations. And they have a they do one for each chakra, except they actually have two for each chakra. And you know how the little Tibetan bells when they bonk them together there's a kind of a dissonance? And right, that has a right. Impact on people, so they have two for each chakra, and there is a dissonance like that. So when they play them for half an hour, believe me, your vibrational body gets a real lot of juice. <laughs> you vibrate like mad. Well, I think and that a would be a lot, lot of fun. I'm going to have to go. <laughs> and a lot of people go right to sleep. Do not pass go. But I, I didn't. I, but I tranced and had visitations, and I like that. Well, thank you so much, Veronica. And your your book is due out soon here, right? Yep. Probably within a couple um, of weeks. We're going to self-publish. Oh, I'm excited. All right. That's good. Thanks for your call. Thank you, Judy. Well, thank you, Veronica. Have a good evening. Thank you, Ariel. Oh, you're so welcome. Thanks for calling, Judy. All right. And bye for now. Bye-bye. So, have you been to the Integratron, Ariel? I have not, uh, but... Having known Lavendar as long as I have, um, I, I really feel like I've, like I've almost been there myself, uh, vicariously through her. <laughs> oh, that's true. Uh, that's true. Yeah, yeah. 
We have another caller now. We're going to be talking to Jennifer in just a few seconds. Okay, okay Jennifer, you're on the air with Veronica. Hi, Veronica. So nice to meet Hi, you. Hi, Jennifer. Hi, and just connect over this. Um, wow. So I didn't know exactly what question I could formulate for you, but I just was getting a lot of really good vibes from you, and I thought I could gear towards a guidance question. Is mm-hmm. that possible? Sure. So you just like um, guidance, or do you have a specific no, orientation? Specifically, um, because lately I've been building my business plan for a network of hotels that cater towards spiritual speakers and many of the listeners who would be on Starcy Network who want to learn healing and higher learning and helping with animals. And so it's a lot of different um, areas. And I was wondering guidance on how to narrow it down while I build such a large, I have a large vision, and I'm needing help on how to make it more narrow so that it can become a more physical realization. I can implement it and make it happen. Well, first of all, I don't think you're going to make it really narrow except by um, the nature of uh, the descriptions of these places. Like, what are the parameters of them? You see what I mean? But do you have a lot of teammates that are helping you with this? Well, I've been attracting a lot of people in my life who I can see fulfilling the roles, such as teachers who would be there teaching their healing modalities, people who have large networks of, um, for example, they uh, work with animal rescue and um, metaphysics. And so I do have this network, but I'm having a hard time on making it from an idea into um, a possible real business. Well, it seems like what's happening, and this is just prediction stuff, predictions are meant to be played with. From my perspective, they never just hold, especially these days when the vibrations of our reality are moving very quickly and we can really manifest in a a quicker way than ever before. But what it looks like is you're going to have a couple of helpers. That's why I asked you about your team. I I see a gentleman. You you have a couple of people coming, and these are going to be in different parts of the country and even other countries ultimately. But you have some people coming in, and you're going to be making a um, kind of a prototype or a, a style of how each of these would run and then connections between them. So this one might be about uh, animals and this one might be about, oh, uh, consciousness and integraton stuff and this one might be, you know, they're all different, aren't they? Mm-hmm. But you've got, you've got a gentleman coming in who's really kickapoo. He knows how to do business. And I, I think you're going to really attract some interesting businessy moguls coming up. Wow. This guy, this guy's got a heart that just doesn't quit. Which, my friend, you also do. Yours is opening up yet again to a huge. You have talked about visitations and so on. You have an awful lot of extraterrestrial support here. You're not oh. alone at all. That's right? so nice to hear. Thank you. Well, that, and you can that feel really it in your chest. Hmm? I do, I do, and I don't have the physical, tangible experiences that a lot of other starseeds have, so I do have my moments of, uh, you know, not doubt, but wonder, when will I um, be connected with these helpers and people coming into my life, but, you know, just hearing what you can feel from me, that, that gives me a lot of uh, confidence. 
Well, thank you. Yeah, and I think your helpers or your team is not going to be in the same town, probably. <laughs> Thanks, yeah, Kevin, for so. the internet. <laughs> yeah, well, it's an international uh, plan, so that that makes a lot of sense. But I think you're going to start it in the U.S. first, aren't you? Are you going to start reaching out that far at first? No, I think I think that's we'll the, start. That's Go a ahead. big question. Sorry, I just meant to say that is my big question right now is I don't know if I should start here in L.A. or if I should go to Europe, and that's where my heart has always been drawn to start. So it's, that's my... Uh, well, here's something that I'm seeing, Jennifer, is I'm seeing this real pivotal place inland in America, and it's where this gentleman is going to really help foundationally, and then these strings go to Europe and here and so on, but it's like the the first, the hub part will probably not be here. It looks like it's in the country, in, I don't know where in the country, but it's like the lower half of the country of the U.S. and probably in about the middle, and apparently the... Uh, Something about the water and the it's, there's real real reasons for that, and you look like you're going to be beckoned to go and meet somebody there. I don't know if you're beating the bushes yet. You will get to Europe, but you want to have the foundation here for some reason. Okay. Hmm. Well, but thank you so much. You're being protected. <laughs> That's really nice to hear, and I just. Love connecting with this whole community here because uh, it's all intertwined. I mean, this is a place and a sanctuary for everyone who's listening. So I can't wait to manifest it and bring it into reality for everyone. So we can all go on holiday. Thanks yes. to Jennifer. Yes. <laughs> well, thank you, Veronica. Thank you. And thanks for calling, Hol- Jennifer. I want to say holiday from our 3D selves in a way, right? Right. <laughs> bye bye Jennifer. Bye. That was interesting cuz these are big plans. But they're not that big when you think about the flow and the waves of connection between people who are reaching, you know, supports of the unseen or in some cases the seen. But uh there's no time and space, is there? No, there's not as much as we try to make it happen like that. <clears throat> I think you know with, with um I, I wonder about like the 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 people that started these huge um you know international businesses like you know Amazon or eBay or or Angie's List or I mean they had to start with a nucleus and get that model working and keep it kind of small so that you can really fine tune it and then once you've got it all tweaked out then it's much easier I would think to start running the strings um, to different different locations like a web. Um. Well, you know what I want to say, Ariel, as well? While you're speaking, I'm watching, I'm listening as well, but I'm watching these uh, extraterrestrial beings or angelic beings or combination and and saying, don't forget, people, to bring in your team from those levels to really kind of... Uh, uh, they're, they're much faster than Internet in terms of connecting with others and affecting the minds and the intentions of others to fu- fulfill the dream. I feel like this, that it's all happening faster than we think. So it's not, you know, it's not an earth plane plan, if you know what I mean. Right, right. Well, we, and we all have that team 
waiting to help, but we have to ask and remember to ask three times. Mm. That's that's the key to for them to actually get off of the starting line. Um, we have another call. Well, let's all, good, but but let's all ask three times for Jennifer that her team really brings it all together. Just see us doing that right now. Yeah. Okay, and so be it. And so be it, and so it is. So uh, we're going to talk to Sandra next in just a few seconds. Okay, Sandra, you're on the air with Veronica. Hi, thank you for taking my call. Sure. Hi, Sandra. Hi, Veronica. I was listening to you talk earlier um, about how important it is to clear uh, the blockages uh, mother blockages, um, and I'm wondering if um, you could assist me with that. If I also fully believe that you know, if people are open, you know, with healing, that wherever whoever is listening can also receive the same. Mm-hmm. I think that's true. Because remember this: we're also. I know you know this, but I'm going to say it anyway. We're also. Um, we're also one. We're also very connected. So pretty much everyone's got some amount of whatever else everybody else has. Somebody might have a teensy bit. Somebody might have a huge bit, right? So let's take a look at you. You have a, a real, um, I want to say it's the um, from your shoulders to the top part of your heart chakra, You've got some empty space in there, and below that you're holding. You're holding really hard in the heart. So most of us want to open our hearts, and when people say to you, I always come from the heart, I say nonsense, because (laughs) it's not easy to keep it open. That's wishful thinking, and it's a good thing to wish. But I'm looking at yours, and I feel that there's been so much grief and kind of fear of who you are or were, I might say, and we're going to see if we can move some of that energy now. You also have a great deal of um, support in your um, in your own personal team. You have a lot of support because you have quite a strong, yeah, I don't know if you can feel this, but you have a very strong goal in your life. Do you know that? And I'm not yeah. there... Do you know you're not there yet? No, I'm not there yet. <laughs> it's okay. Don't make it wrong, okay? Because there's a part of you really sad about that. And I'm like, oh, come on, honey. Uh, Sandra it is. Let's see. I, we're just moving with the heart chakra. Because one of the things that's coming up when we're moving the energy from the heart chakra that's blocking it is there's a feeling of danger if you do that. You might be very hurt and I'm saying, you know, you're you're beyond that now. Once we get our heart, there you are. Once we get our heart chakra opening and opening, its radiance protects us way more than any defensive holding. Good. Have you ever cried a lot, like all of a sudden just cried and cried and cried? Um, not in a long time, but yes, I because I'm feeling like you need to do some of that too. Because there, can you feel this? I feel like there's a 
a danger in your heart and a fear of your heart opening and a deep desire for you to just open it and be like the angel you are. Do you understand? Yes, I do. And can you feel this pulling? We're pulling away on the upper part of your clavicle, I think, on the right side, but you could be mirroring me. I don't know. Can you feel that? Yes, I can. Also, the tears, they, you know, they start coming in. When you were working with something with the emotion, but it'll just... And tears are so... They're such a great way to wash things clean. I liked um, uh, Lavender's uh, Windex. (laughs) I would cry and cry if I were you and then get that Windex out and do some clearing because you're ready. Yes, now your body's changing inside. You are ready to open up you're ready to give over some of that suiting up that we did in the third dimension. We suited ourselves up, didn't we? And you have a very strong, strong purpose coming up. Do you love your job yet? I love my... (laughs) I feel like that my purpose hasn't come up, but I've always loved my job. I... I don't know what exactly what the goal is. Sometimes I feel like it's clearly there, and then other times just it's not defined. You know, um, as a child, um, like so many others, um, I've always been aware of consciousness and okay, um, and worked with you know many different ETs and different races, mostly in my dreams, you know, our visions. But um, I would say that there's something that I feel like I'm I'm here to do. You know, we all have our purposes, and there's like a goal that I guess say I can't quite see it. Can you um, like? What is your job now? You mean my actual? you mean work? Like going to yeah, work and work? Right now, I'm not working. I'm, um, I'm kind of like semi-retired, although I really can't like that. But are, um, are you trying to help my mother? Okay. Um, you- I felt like I came in as a teacher um, and a communicator, but although at times I feel like I can't communicate at all. So. Oh, but honey, I hear. Okay, here, perfect. Because what I was seeing is that stuff that you've done at work, you're going to take to a brand new level. For example, if you were doing, I don't know what you were doing, whether it was administrative or something, but anyway, there's the writer underneath it. So instead of being just administrator, there's the writer, but this light is coming up in you. And you're one of these people that came to finish off an awful lot of stuff with other people and with old beliefs and so on. And you're about to pop out of that. It's really important for you to work with your heart and let it open because you're going to write. Uh, Do you write poetry? You're going to write. You're going to do poetry. You're going to do something kind of zany, and it's all going to start coming up and make very little logical sense, and and you're being prompted. And I do see this amazing E.T. right beside you on the right. You have your angelic realms and so on, but you've got one that's really pushing on you that's right on the right side of you, that's got a half grin on his face. And, uh, 
And so you're not going to have that much. When you're at the ripening level, which means things happen at the right time for us, don't they? At the ripening level, and your job right now is to find the joy in the moment, to release your heart, to cry a lot if you can do that, and then start writing anything you want because you don't have to be only a writer. It's just writing is a tool for you to open and expand and expand. And I would suggest that within a year and a half, you're going to be such a different woman, you won't even recognize yourself. And you'll love it. You'll go, oh, my gosh, I've come home to myself. Right? Are you single? Yes, I am. Because there's a difference in family. There's a difference in family. So I won't kind of try and predict that, but they're saying that everything, like home is different, my feeling is different, who I am is different, my rapport with people is different. All of that was, I would say, in a year and a half. And I would say writing is a great tool for you. Remember, it turns the throat chakra. Writing yanks the wisdom out of experience because that throat chakra needs to be uh, pulling the wisdom, the nectar out of experience, doesn't it? So so it can resonate on your voice and your vibrational being. I don't need to go into all that, but I thank you for your call, and I hope that helped a thank little. Thank you. You look way brighter. Oh, thank you. I thank you so much. I I definitely appreciate. I'm, I'm grateful. Yeah, you're a contributor. We'll see you later. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks for calling, Sandra. Bye bye. Thank you. <clears throat> Excuse me. Well, um, we have another caller, so we're going to talk to Karen in just a second here. Okay, Karen. Okay, you ready to go with your question for Veronica? Oh, hello. Thank you so much. Hi, Hi Karen. Uh, hi. I've been enjoying listening to you and inspired mm-hmm. also by these other callers. Um, I've been trying to do a lot of work on myself. I don't feel I've made enough progress. I'm kind of frustrated and feeling lost and blocked. I don't know exactly where or or how to um, heal and break through the blocks so of Wondering what you might see. Well, you know, you're. Do you know you're funny? You have a good sense of humor, don't you? Yes. Yeah. Unless I'm too. <laughs> because I started, but usually, I started to grin like a ninny when we were ta- when you were talking, just because deep down inside of you, you're pretty funny. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> and I'm going. Um, you know, Sandra, we're saying right because it'll bring things out, but I want you to play. I want to tease you and say, play and play and play because it's like something's trying to rise up from way down deep inside where you've got this soul journey that has to bring some kind of, they're saying sense through, they're being the guides, they're said sense through nonsense or something funny like that. You need to break free of the way you've been, even in your past, you think you're not enough and you're not getting anywhere. And we're saying that that creates a little container around you. Mm. That's your block. And we could say it came from a grandparent. It came from various people in your life. And you haven't actually been recognized for how unique and interesting you are. Do you know that? You haven't really been recognized yet? Are you aware of that? Uh, Yes, I have a sense of that. 
Well, we're. <laughs> I'm sorry. I just keep laughing. They say that you, when you start being recognized for something, it's really you, at a new level. You know, our gifts come up in time release process. So something might come up, and you're a writer for this period or whatever. But you're you're about to face a new level of self coming up. And I, just like Sandra, in a different way, you're going to be described entirely differently as to who you are. And people are going to begin to recognize you, more of the real you. You're really sensitive. You're very witty. You're a little sarcastic and you're creative as can be. But you haven't, well, I've already said this, you haven't been recognized for who you really are, even by yourself. Do you do a workout? Do you do a workout meditation thing? Oh yes. Do you get perceptual shifts? Do you do you have visions and so on? I don't think so. I just maybe sense um light or energy a little bit when I you know, I try to connect with the heavens and connect with Mother Earth and bring the energies together and do meditations like that with energy swirling down up and down and um and I activate my macabre you know, so I visualize these things, but I don't really think I'm getting visions. Mm. It's funny because you have some sensing and some knowing. I'm trying to see that the access is, but I see your heart is really held in, like you've got a lot of grief, do you? Uh, yeah, I've been working to heal it, but yeah. I always say that grief is the reason we write the book, we dance to dance, right? Grief is the thing that that turns us. It's like a really intense handle that turns us and turns us so that we're uh, juiced or whatever it is you want to call it when you get to be a product. And you've got, um, even though you're doing all these wonderful consciousness things, your body's relaxing actually. Even though you're doing all these wonderful consciousness things, you're pinned in the grief area and actually we just want you to drop into it and really go like that because underneath it you're about to come up with a whole new level of yourself and I want to tell you it's funny and you're going to make other people feel really great as a result of it it's kind of on that level the gut level you've got the higher self going on but you need to unlock the body do you understand yeah. So if you're doing a workout, <laughs> you might want to do the old Tarzan thing. Ah! Oh, you <laughs> I mean, mean a to physical do that. workout? You mean like exercise, physical exercise? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh. One of the things I do is, I told you earlier, 20 minutes I dance, and I dance to Van Morrison. And I sing, I do my chakras, I harmonize, I yodel, I chant, anything I feel like doing. And uh, it shifts me from being, in fact, I started it when I was in a deep state of grief. And it would lift my fields and frequency, and it would drop off my body, a whole bunch of frequencies that are locked in my body. And I look at you, and I want to shake you up and spin you around and shake you up. And I'm going, it's not complicated to just boogie for a while, is it? You know? I Actually, recently I've started doing it a little more. Uh, just a dancing, you know, because if I do put on music that I like or has a beat, I just can't help it. I feel like moving. And then I realize it does lift me up. 
But I, I had to, haven't done any vocal sounds, just a movement. Well, I want you to be, I want to grab you by the hand and play and play and play. That's what's going to get you from this way to that way. The rest of it, you're doing beautifully, but you're pretty serious about it. And I want to say, play, be goofy, <laughs> cry when you want to cry, laugh when you want to laugh, yodel if you feel like it, but just get it moving because you're very, very creative and you're... Um, Here's what the guides are saying. Don't take this as an offense. They're giving you a razz. My guides are pretty funny. They say you're being stingy with yourself. (laughs) (laughs) That's a funny line. I'm going, should I tell her that? And they say she can handle it. It just means that you're not letting yourself be as uh, richly playful and goofy as you are. And that's where your real riches are. And as you go through the next years, Uh-oh. Um, well, Veronica just dropped off the line. Oh. Huh. Her, her Skype went, but I was just waiting for an opportunity to chime in um, because when she was telling you about, you know, dancing and being goofy. Yes. This image, uh, you know the the theme song for, for Snoopy and Charlie Brown? Da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da. You know, and Snoopy's doing that little dance on his tippy toes and he's pointing his fingers up and down and up and down. You know, I mean, that is about as a goofy dance as I can imagine. And that's what I was kind of seeing when she was talking about that. And um, and making sounds with your voice. I mean, even if you can't sing, mm-hmm. making those sounds and tones with your voice is very cathartic. Um, I mean, even if you just do a, a, a controlled shout, like that Tarzan thing she was um, talking uh, talking about. Looks like she's Veronica's getting back online here. So uh, let me. Okay. Uh, uh, no, is that no? Is that her? Uh, yeah, I think this is her coming back on. Yep. Okay. So <laughs> let me get her back out. Get her mic back open. Oopsie Daisy. <laughs> <laughs> here I am. That's okay. I was while, while we were waiting for you to call back in, um uh, I was telling Sandra um uh, about the the Snoopy dance. Oh, what's that? Oh, not Sandra. I'm sorry. It, it was Karen we're talking to. You know the the theme song, the Snoopy and Charlie Brown? And Snoopy does a goofy yeah. little dance. Yeah, that's right. He <laughs> Yes, I mean I was kind of visualizing that while you were talking. So I'll I'll back out here and let you continue with with Karen. Thanks, Ariel. And I just want to say she's absolutely right, Ariel or uh, Karen. But what I want you to make sure you do is don't do it all right. Just have a blast, uh, right? I just see. have a blast, hey? Okay. And because uh, you're really sweet and you're funny and you're just witty. I don't know what's going to happen over the next, we're not looking at everything, but I'm seeing you emerging and your heart already looks a little better than it did. Well, thank you. Do you see a perfection of what I'm, you know, my purpose or whatever I'm supposed to do with the rest of my life? Well, first of all, you're supposed to live for the rest of your life. Second of all, there's this, the part of you that's kind of humorous is the part that has come up with just quite an amazing perspective on life, and you're going to share that with people. You're going to make people feel better. I see you going in and out of places and helping people um, 
find the joy or the wisdom in their lives. Do you ever work with seniors? Um, just a little bit of my personal life. I took care of my grandmother for 10 to 15 years till she passed, and I've had a couple of elderly friends. I have one woman now I'm somewhat close with. I try to help when I can. Okay, so that's a good example because there's something about you that has the ability to have them enjoy or find the joy even in a confined thing because they can access the wisdom or the love. You've got that kind of sparky presence that can bring people home to themselves, bring people into more satisfaction with their lives. That's what you're going to do. You're kind of like a missionary of of uh I would say fun, but it's not just fun, it's uh feeling good about certain parts of themselves and their lives, you know. So you'll do it in a number of different ways, but you seem to go in and out of groups doing something like that. You have quite a special gift on that level. Oh, wow. <laughs> so sometimes Are you gonna so get I can't see it. No. <laughs> Sounds kind of foreign does it totally does it sound too foreign for you um sounds intriguing but foreign okay well if it's true this is the way i like to test these things karen if it's true it'll start showing up right mm-hmm. but i you see what i mean it'll just come to you and if it's not true, I believe it's true. But I mean, if it's not true, it won't. But I really believe that it's going to come to you. But I think movement and goofiness is a way for you. Playfulness is the word they used at the beginning. Is a way for you to access your greater truth and your purpose. Because you know what? You don't believe that this life is it, front to back. This is it. I don't think you ever did. I don't think you ever did. Yeah. So... And for it's a like of years I was waiting for this to be over so I could try the next one. <laughs> well, yeah, I, I can understand that. I've had moments of that, you know. But um, I think you're going to be absolutely involved in in enjoying certain segments of life and taking a bunch of people with you to do that. I hope so. That sounds great. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, you sound good. All right, thank you for your call, Karen. And I will be dancing and vocalizing somehow. Great. (laughs) I'll I'll dance too, and I'll send you my message from that, and you'll feel it in your head, and we'll both know we're laughing, right? Oh, cool. Thank you. (laughs) (laughs) Thanks for your call. Thank you. Take care. Bless you both. You too. It's true, isn't it, uh, Arielle, that you just got to shake it up sometimes? Well, in in the third dimension, your frequency is is never higher than when you're laughing. I know. Why people remember those times in their lives where they just laughed all night long, and they really stand out. And if, when people go out on the weekends, they're wanting that. They want they want the laughter. And and, it and let's go back into the integratron. It just shakes you apart, and so does laughter, doesn't it? <laughs> Well, right, right, and that's why it's the best medicine, because your frequency just shoots right up, you know, the, like the, the thermometer, and, the, and it just goes all the way up and blows out the top, because it's <laughs> y- your, your, your frequency, the, the light, and, and laughter really does 
um, shatter a lot of um, restricting illusions or uh, beliefs or blockages and things like that. So, yeah. You know, there's even, I saw a long time ago in 60 Minutes, these clubs in Japan where people get together and they just laugh. And it's (laughs) not a situation where someone's telling jokes, but at first they just imitate laughter. And then it becomes real. So they'll just be sitting there and go, ha, 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 ha. And at first it's completely contrived and forced, but after a while it turns real, and, and you can just see the auras and the light expanding and brightening up. So, oh, you know, I love that. That's you can't a find hoot. a reason to laugh, just fake it. And, and then it'll turn real. I love that. That's, that's great, isn't that's it? That's premise, yeah. So, well, we're just about we, out of time here. And, oh, uh, I just want to say one other thing. We used to say years ago, if there's a God, she's laughing. That's when we were going through all of our stuff. <laughs> oh, right, right. <laughs> well, it has just been a delight having you with us. And uh, thank, thank you, you so, so much, much for uh, your help and contribution for our callers. And I think that you've done a lot of good for a lot of people here going out over the airwaves over the next week or so as people listen to the podcast. And speaking of podcasts, Lavendar will be on your show um, at 8 o'clock Pacific Time on bbsradio.com, and it is Paradigm Shifters, uh, of which you are the host. And you have Mm -hmm. another radio show called Radiance by Design, Design. and it's a call-in show Thursday nights at 7 p.m. West Coast Time on BBS radio, so people could call in and ask questions there, too. Excellent, excellent. And once again, your website is Veronica Antwistle, and that is E-N-T-W-I-S-T-L-E dot com. And you've got a, just a whole wealth of um, things. Your, your website is really rich, and you've got CDs. You've got your new book coming out, My Near Life Experience. And know when that is published, and um, we will let our audience know. And we thank you so much for being with us. Um, I just have one more thing to say, which is Lavender's discussion on Paradigm Shifters with me tonight will be podcasted on iTunes, Stitcher, or on my site, veronicaantwistle.com, within about two days. Well, great. And uh, before we uh, sign off, Lavender, um, did you have anything to add? Oh, I'm just looking forward, uh, Veronica, to meeting you in person and to uh, continuing our work on the planet. I feel like that that you and I were born probably during that same period of time, and it's taken us all these years to find one another. So I'm (laughs) anxious to, to take our relationship to the next step, okay? Me too, and we can laugh together as well. Absolutely, absolutely. <laughs> Thank you for the opportunity to meet with your wonderful listeners and uh, Ariel and is it Vanya Vanda? Yeah, yes. Vanya. Yeah, she is our switchboard producer tonight. Yeah. Well, thank you so much. I've had a wonderful time. I love the callers and all of you. Well, you've been a joy to have on the show, and we encourage everyone to visit Veronica's website. And um, once again, Veronica and Whistle, thank you for being with us. 
Thank you. Good night, everyone. Good night. And from all of us here at Starseed Radio Academy, we thank you for listening, and we will talk to you again next week. Until then, keep your eyes to the sky. Bye-bye. You've been listening to Starseed Radio Academy. Visit our website at www.starseedhotline.com. 